0: Fellas, 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 welcome back to another episode of The Farm Unfiltered. Here we are, bo, getting wiggly, getting wiggly. I also
1: think we need to start mixing in the ladies, ladies, ladies,
0: ladies. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Listen, if you're the ladies and you're listening to the podcast with the fellas, we need fellas. to know. We need to need know. To. And listen, I'm just saying the ladies are starting to get a following on farm yep. plus the ladies are kicking in yes I, at some yep. point i just want all the ladies to kick all the fellas you know uh actually, 100%. I'm be straight here i want them to kick the fellas asses because i just you know Pick again it. men get lazy around here
1: yep lazy complacent you know we think we think we know everything i mean just wait we'll it's be a, in trouble here in a few years
0: it's a disease there's some crazy stuff we got coming and the ladies might take over that's all i'm saying that's yep. all I'm saying. And just, it's a thing. Um, Bo, I went to Houston this last weekend. Did you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know you don't know, you know. How is that? The audience, the audience doesn't know. Well, first off, if you don't know Houston and you've never been there, first off, it's nothing like the rest of the Texas. I mean, in some ways, I guess you could say Texas is a big place. It's a big place. Yeah. It's a yes. very, like, there's not a lot of places that you could be traveling like nine hours and still be in the same state. You're just like, what's right. what going on? So yeah. I live in Texas. I lived in Austin for a little while, um, but uh, Houston's a different animal. They're complete. Austin and Houston are like different countries. Right. <laughs> <So they're, laughs> I meant to say they're, they're very different, though. They are very different. Um, right. It's still Texas, but yeah, yep. just you got Austin's very like live music, younger crowd, you know, all these things. And in Houston, obviously, you got a lot of much different weather. Um, right. you know, all the way around. I think Austin's like one of the uh, top places in the in the country for sunshine year round. And mm-hmm. Houston, you know, again, you get a lot of uh because it's right there on the water. You get a lot of humidity. Yeah. You get a lot of other stuff that you know isn't is. You not, got
1: the you got the tropical storms that get you there.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, there was actually one going on there when uh when I first got there and stuff. So I mean, again, it was yeah. off the coast, so you just got a little bit of. What rain.
1: ended up happening with that? I don't even. I mean, what a good friend I am. This is the first time I'm asking you yeah, about don't that.
0: Know. Don't but... worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, I booked it. I put it what in. What happened with that? You didn't care about my death. I get it. Um, it, it, it went, uh, yeah, it was just good. It got a little bit of, of rain. Uh, it didn't really, um, I mean, I don't know what actually happened to where it was actually directed. I need to do more. Right. I need to be, I, I'm so lost in, in, in baseball. Well, and I get lost. In, I
1: think in, what happened was know. it got scared of you. You put that out on Twitter in mm-hmm. the storm, literally, I mean, it was true. Yeah projected to hit there and yeah, all of a sudden it, it just missed yeah it was scared scared of Joey.
0: yeah there's no other thing yeah how to be that um but <laughs> but uh i've got a lot of good experiences we got you know we went out there and uh we're doing some business and stuff out there but um got to spend a lot of time with a lot of i like i got to go out there for a uh, perfect game uh tournament nice um and there was a lot of for young guys like it was like 10 11 12 13 14 year olds like all the all the age groups Yep. So I love spending a lot of times with a lot of, I guess, um, just on the hot seat by a lot of uh, parents and stuff that had a lot of access to me. And then also, um, you know, also a lot of just coaches, youth coaches and stuff that were that were talking through a lot of different things. So um, that was right. cool. kind of got my brain thinking in some of those directions. And you and I started talking about some of that stuff. And then we were like, hey, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk, talk about, about it. it and let's let let's other talk, talk with us about it, you
1: know? So, right. What is the, um, which I mean, obviously we're not young bucks anymore and being in the private facility, we're not always in that kind of setting. Yeah. What was kind of the, the, the murmurs? What were the conversations that you had? Obviously you're on the more of the specialized side. Yeah. Were they, were they more on the technique or what, what would a lot, were a lot of those conversations like that you were hearing?
0: Um, I think at a lot of the youth organizations and at those levels, um, which I think is a good thing for them to be focused on. Um, and you and I've talked about this too, of like, do no harm, like the essentials, right? Like right. that, if you don't really understand human movement, it's kind of good to stay away from it and to coach right. what you can talk about. You can talk about, you know, character and mindset and, Yep. You can talk about some of these things about how to be good teammates and like you could be a coach on other things, not just human movement. Right. Like so. Right. You don't understand human movement. It's, you know, a lot of times best for you to stay out of it um, and, uh, you know, kind of outsource to, you know, more guys that are, you know, that's their forte. You know, Um, the problem is, is, again, there's not enough. Uh, people that specialize and that, and that there isn't as many, um, you know, guys within technique and, um, you know, there's a lot of different techniques out there. So then you're right. you know, getting into that. And again, that's when it comes into like, kind of like more of a martial arts, you know, thing that there's a lot of gyms, there's a lot of technique. Right. Uh, and right. so in any case, um, a lot of the conversations we had about, well, one of the, one of the parents that I sat down with, he kind of put me on the hot seat and we were talking about um, minor league baseball. And we were talking about how one of his, one of his kids is still young. He's like, uh, 13, I believe, but his other Mm -hmm. kid, his other kid is, um, in the big leagues was a 12th rounder and got, uh, and got drafted fix this real quick and got drafted. And, uh, so in any case, he, um, we were kind of talking about the mindset that he was really about, which is, I completely understand, like knowing him and like meeting him. He was very much so about, um, the mindset that his dad gave him and the mindset that he put into his kid and talking about how important that was. And cause I, it all started with me saying, you know, um, talking about from a big league organization from the front office, that didn't know how the minor leagues are moving to this, this system where they're going to get rid of a lot of minor league levels, right? Right. And so we started talking about that. And I said, well, like, um, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll own that I probably didn't open it well when we were in passing conversation, obviously not knowing that his son was a 12th rounder. I just said, you know, after the fifth round, organizations, you know, kind of are not really focused on the after like fifth round on those guys and if they happen right. to pan out right then they happen to pan out now when i say that again where people to understand again there's all the way what is there 40 rounds pretty sure
1: 40 rounds yep yeah.
0: yeah so and again i know that that's changed also you also have your international rounds and all those other things they have now but in right. any case um with that is again was like well joey if they don't care why are they drafting 40 rounds well first off they're changing that so, that, right. you know, this year there's only five. Yeah, this year there's only five. But pretty good like chance that will be low, greatly cut going forward as well. Yeah, and even two, there's a reason there was only five. Right. Right. Is because they decided on that because statistically, after the fifth round, it's very odd for someone to make it to the big leagues unless they're a pitcher. Now, right. pitchers will make it more often. Than a hitter that's drafted after the fifth round. And again, am I saying for sure that again, I think, you know, again, you got your um you got many hitters, some of the best hitters of all time that were after the fifth round right. in and out. But statistically, right. it doesn't happen often. And it is and, not saying that the major league, major league baseball isn't willing to pick those guys up if they start to develop, right? Right. right. So again, they go be a free agent in another league, right? Mm-hmm. And then the and then they pick them up. It doesn't mean that right. they still can't be picked up. It's just not on major league baseball's dime. Right. And you know? I think that because this is I think to just there's a lot I of things. I think employees. just to
1: because I think you probably have some people yelling at right now. I think what Joey's saying too, there are guys that come up and have a cup of coffee in the big leagues that are drafted in the 20th round. I mm-hmm. think what more what we're saying is those tenured contracts. It's very uncommon for those guys that are drafted after that because they just don't have the resources they're dumping India. You. you know, if it pans out, it pans out
0: yeah Um, and even even with that though too even guys that come up to even get a cup of coffee i think people don't understand the statistical numbers that like after those rounds like
1: yeah it's 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 very slim it's like you gotta you know you got a better chance to i can't remember the exact saying but it's like you know the the statistics are greatly stacked against those guys because you know the if the system's not dumping resources into you and you just gotta showcase yourself i mean that's cards are kind of stacked against you from the get-go
0: yeah and that's another thing too is a lot of again as an organization they just made a large investment into someone right they're gonna put a lot of resources into these guys that they have a lot of stock into obviously um exactly you know and 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 you know obviously there's some logical you know understandings from that right but what he was saying was that like his son um is like has a lot of dog in him, right? Like he trained a lot of dog into him, right? And he was a tough kid, right. and I believe it. I mean, t- talking to his dad and his his other brother, like I could see them. They're they're tough, you know. Like yeah, but like at the same time, and his kid made it all the way to the big leagues. But the the conversation we started having was, yeah, he made it all the way to the big leagues, and yeah, he's got a really <laughs> tough mindset. But at the same time, the kid throws ninety nine,
1: <laughs> right? So
0: so that's a different thing. Like I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the mindset didn't help him get to throwing 99 and help him train right. and all those other things for sure. But at the same time, right. Bo, you and I, and I want to talk about this for the draft, <laughs> I mean, for younger, uh, these, some of these lo- younger levels is you and yep. I have played with some very tough and oh, some yeah. very, the hardest workers that I've ever been around harder, yep. harder workers than me. For right. Sure. I have no problem saying that. Like, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm the hardest worker ever. It's like, dude, I'm very hard worker. Like, I know kids that definitely outworked me. Okay. And again, oh, I worked definitely. really hard. I worked right. really hard to get to where I was. But at the same time, if I'm going to sit here and say I was the hardest worker i ever known, that's yep. crazy. So, right, um, yeah. So I played with some very hard workers. I'll give a shout out right now to Jake Shimmons that we played, played college ball with that boy worked out. I mean, every rep, oh, yeah. everything. And also Jake, I'm sorry, but you weren't a draft pick. Okay. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So, and hundred percent.
1: And just to put that in perspective, how hard that kid worked and how bad he wanted it. Now he's a professional football player and the best quarterback in the country in Brazil.
0: Yeah,
1: so Those are the kind of guys we're talking about that we were playing with. And yeah. we used to argue with those guys till we were blue in the face. I mean, I'll give a shout out to Jacob Hudson too. Yeah. who was a big mentality guy. You got to be a bulldog. And I'd always say, "Huddy, it's easy. If all you got to do is be a bulldog, if you can wake up and throw 96 on the mound. I mean, that's probably what I would do too is just yeah.
0: mindset. you for know. Sure. And it's, and it's where you're going to get the most uh, like pull out as well. Right. Like the, the most for those guys, they already do a lot of other things. Well, it's about them. It's about showing up with mentality every day. And again, I'm not saying right. that, that isn't a plus for everybody, but more of the conversation is going to is that understanding that you need to develop the athlete from other aspects as well. Right. Mentality is big and I'm happy that a lot of coaches focus on that. And I'm happy that a lot of coaches focus on culture and again, what it's like to be on the field and do a lot of those things. Um, But also too, on the other side of being a bulldog, I'm going to tell you how many athletes that I, that are some of the best players that I know that are not bulldogs at all. For sure. I know a ton of guys that are mentally not that, like not, they would be mistaken for tough because they've been in some really tough situations and they, you know, again, right uh, persevered and they, you know, and again, it's all about what you consider mentally tough and what that means to you. Right, in quotations, right? I'm doing the quotations if you can't see me right now. Okay, (laughs) mental stuff. Okay. Um, But that's very high level of what that actually even is. Okay. What does that even mean? Okay. And then also to that other side of being like, not everybody processes things the same. For example, you and me could be in the same exact situations and it'd be much more pressure on you than me because of how you're processing it, right? So, for example, a lot of times how I coached, how I got my players to perform wasn't by, like, doing all this conditioning and let me get them, let me, you know, rough them up, right? It was when we play, and again, I just did this this weekend when I was in the dugout with these guys, is I make it really fun, right? There was a lot. It was a lot. It was very fun. There is no pressure. We're playing baseball. right and let's be want to be the guy we used to talk about that right Bo when you were playing is like how exciting how dope is it that you're in this situation and the and when you switch that thing you take all this pressure off of you and you really alter that perception of uh the sky is falling if I don't get a hit right now you know And that's why, again, you got, you got um, like Springer when he's talking about opening day mentality is in your head. You're like, I got the rest of the season, right? I'm just excited to play baseball today. And it gets you in this, this mindset. But again, we can have that mindset all the time. And we don't necessarily have to convince ourselves that it's opening day. We're just how we perceive life in general. And so I I just say that all to say that, again, it doesn't need to be uh, a war. Every time we play. And I know some guys are mad, mad as hell at me right now. Just like, right. That's how I play. It's war, but it doesn't, that doesn't need. And again, if you're trying to make all your players like that, you're also hurting a ton of players because not every player can play like that. And some of my best players have to be very, again, I have three, my three best players that I can think of right now on the top of my head have to play very loose. Yeah. Very loose. Everything Mm -hmm. has to be fun, loose. The moment that it starts getting, again, they they start getting on that other side, they don't play well. And they're like, and then someone's saying, well, yeah, that's why they don't perform well. No, they're three of the best baseball players that I know. And I know a lot of baseball players. 100%. So so my point with that is, again, that if you want to, you know, Dinkle used to say that, right? What, i think you just took what
1: i was about to say okay yeah.
0: go ahead yeah go ahead and open up what dinkle used to say about that.
1: i was gonna say that and subconsciously you know i was always drawn to the psychology of baseball so i i practiced this in, but when i got to sterling dinkle really drove us home saying that look we all have a, a level that we need to play at between one and ten and for shimmins he needed to play at a ten yeah for me i needed to play it like a four and what does that mean like like Joey's saying, do you like, need to go
0: to war? It's just a just an odd number that you would have picked. All right, bro. I got you'll right, well, I know that's your my number,
1: number four. That's just that's subconsciously driven that, into me. I
0: get it. Every time we pick a number for anything, we pick shirts <laughs> and stuff. You're picking fours all over the place. That,
1: that was my fault. <laughs> hey, 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 you can't
0: be giving them clues to what we got going on. Listen, we're just dropping hints here and there, like dropping hints. Drums. Like bread, and yeah. hands. All
1: right, but no, I think that uh, that was a big thing for me, and what allowed me to like the no pressure. That was a big thing we always would say too: is no pressure. Mm-hmm. If you're operating at a level that you're not comfortable being in outside of the game, mm-hmm. of course you're gonna feel pressure. It's it's mm-hmm. it's all one thing. Like if you control yourself at a certain level in a high a high stress situation off the field, you probably should play at that level as well. And I th- I think where coaches missed the boat especially with young kids, we always think that everybody needs what made me successful as a player. Correct. And now we're doing this on a mass scale. Right. And it's, look, it's just like the approach versus uh, mechanics debate. This is just on a larger scale. Like it's it's all one thing. We're not going to train each player the same. So why do we treat the mental side of each player the same? Correct. You know, you, you need to get to know all of it. And I think that's why People like Dinkle that really and Jeremy Schindinger he does the um, the meditation before each practice. But if you can get your players to understand where they need to play, now your players can start kind of taking accountability, and now the team's coaching themselves.
0: Yeah, And you it is different at different times. I remember when I was in junior college, I used to have one of my teammates used to throw baseballs at my chest before mm-hmm. we. Oh the yeah. Game yeah like and i used to go home i remember i'd later that night i'd go home i'd take my shirt off and i'd have all these bruises on my chest and i'm like what are these bruises right I before the game i used to have them throw at me and i'd like you know to like get you pumped up and i remember i had to do like yep. push ups and like some sit up like you know there was this at different stages on where i was mentally i had to do different things to get me where i needed to be to be able to perform and right um well know, and i think uh, go ahead it, Uh, I was just going to say, for example, like even now, when I work out, like this morning, I did a full workout and the whole workout, I was listening to worship music the whole time. Okay. And again, I'm pressing weight. I'm doing lots of weights. Well, back in the day, I had to have somebody screaming at me, telling me I I sucked or something. And then that made me perform to my, my peak level. Now I can Mm -hmm. get there. Why again, listening to worship music or whatever, and I'm good to go. So like, That's what I'm trying to say too, is that it's different. It's not always the same for throughout your entire life that you're going to need the same thing. And some people, again, it's the same. Some people are going right. to be at the same spot, but um, yeah. yeah, it's just much different. Um, and I'm also going to talk right. about that for coaching here in a minute, but go ahead and open up what you were going to say.
1: Um, I was, I was going to say that kind of what you're hitting on there. Cause I was the same way I'll listen to like, um not like instrumental music, but like kind of that, uh, like Beethoven sometimes when I'm working out. Yeah. And that varies. And I also think came to my mind cause we were listening to, uh, watching the game yesterday and with no fans, you can kind of hear some of their walk-ups and the wife was kind of making fun of them. they like, you know how she is with baseball. She's like, Oh, you guys need to walk up there with your song playing. But it's like, that was a big thing for me. Like yeah. being able to zone myself into that moment and get myself to that level. And I'd imagine it would be hard without them having fans in the stadium, but having that even kill spot to where you can like, if the pressure is high, I can get my breath and down back to that level. Cause that was the hardest thing for me. I played it at a lower level. So in those high stress moments, I'd like really, really, really have to work to slow myself down. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I'd work out, when I do things other than those big moments, I would try to listen to that music and get my heart to be like, cause it's very hard to train in those like in those high pressure situations, it's hard to replicate, Mm. you know, very hard. And that's why a lot of those players struggle in those situations because
0: how often are we actually playing in those? Well, and that's the thing is that's the thing is that if you really think about it in those high stress situations, you're not trying to get somebody to like speed up or to be more aggressive. You're trying to get them to calm down, right? You're trying to get it to be like a normal AB is what you would like their heartbeat to be at. Um, in right. some ways, but so, again, now you also have the other side that some guys are better when the moment is bigger, right? When the moment gets bigger, they get bigger that. And again, like there's some players that if you play them in some no name tournament that isn't high stakes and doesn't are they don't perform well, They they can't turn it on. But then there's right. other, there's other, there's other people that, again, when it goes to those situations that they can, you know, turn it on. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that, I think a big piece of that too, is that, um, being able to understand all of this stuff and treating the mental side and like the, the playing level and all that, all, all that starts with the coach, right? Like I was lucky as a young kid I mentioned him a couple of times, Corey Snyder on the podcast. He always mentioned that because once again, he's a big leaguer. He has very good skill set. for him. It was always controlling my emotion and like the mental side was big for him. And I'm not saying it's one or the other. It's a combination of both. And I think that's why we wanted to have the conversation in the first place about these youth coaches is that we do want you to do no harm. But we it's it's all important. Everything's important. And making sure that we're not just doing what made us good, but what's going to make the player good. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, no, and that's, and, and that's... Th- good. I was going to say, and it also leaks into also how you coach. So one right. thing, give my give our boy uh, Rudy Garcia a shout out, is he's very happy-go-lucky, you know, like not very serious when he's off the field, right? Like very calm, right. like very, you know, like all those things, right? And so I actually got to see him coach in person the first time. And when I walked onto the field and I gave him nucks and I'm in the dugout, he just like, hit a switch. You could tell he was like locked, you know, like he's in, like he's coaching, you know? And so as a coach, that's also your thing too, where again, there's guys that could be completely one way off the field and completely another way on the field. Right. And he could just turn the switch on. And so um, that was a big thing for me to like realize again, obviously, you know, within coaching, I mean, I know the same thing too, where it's like, it's game time. Like you turn it on, you know? Um, Right. And there's a competitive like spirit of all of that. that. Um, right. And there's a point of being too, where you could be a little like too loose or, you know, again, there's, you got to know, like you're saying, if you need to be at a four, if you're at a one, that's not good. If you're at an eight, that's not good. Right. So you have to learn how to like dial yourself back or turn yourself, you know, turn it back on. Um, right. But again, I want to go back to that like original thing that it's like, there's this old school mentality. And again, we got to be very careful because the joke that I made was about um Moneyball, where the guys are like, Well, he don't, he doesn't got a pretty girlfriend, so he's got no confidence. It's like uh-huh. okay. Like, you know, like, all right. right, like there's a lot of big leaguers with not pretty girlfriends. Okay. Right. right. I, like, <laughs> I know I know some guys that could, you know, again, there's okay. <laughs> but is we got to make sure we don't go too far with that where again, it's not just your mindset, right? Yes. Some people that's their edge is just their mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. But there's some people that again, for example, I literally do this in Muay Thai like every day when I go there, I'm like, all right, so I started – because I was the – this is coming from a guy that was all about his mindset. Like I – it right. was all about getting my head where it needed to be and it probably because I need to focus on it because I couldn't just make myself better at hitting. Like, you know, like right. I had I had to like get the most out of my ability and it was – you know, again, the mind definitely is get will get you the most out of your ability if you can channel it. So right. – because I wasn't – didn't have that much ability, right? So – I do that with Muay Thai all the time as I show up for spar days. Right. And I'm like trying to get my head, right. I got to get my head, right. Cause I'm facing all of these, like, you know, these, some of these guys I'm fighting are like three-time world champs and stuff like I this is a legit like Muay Thai gym. So right. when I go to walk in, but the thing is, is I, I have even talked to myself about this recently, but like, I can't just all of a sudden make my skill at fighting way better. I can maximize it, but I can't be better than I am. Right. Right? And so like, that's the thing is I have to, I have to train my abilities and get better day after day, little by little. Why? Yes. I want to maximize in my sparring days. I want to be mentally locked in, but at the same time, I can't stop there. That's game day. Okay. That's game day. I could, I've learned how to get myself there. And again, a lot of athletes, again, coaches are training them how to get there. And I get that, but we also need to train on the opposite side of we have to actually train ability. Yeah. Right. You For have to, sure. I have, I have to be like, you have to train those other skills and that ability to be able to compete at that level. Right. Yeah. He could have the greatest mindset in the world. If he throws 78, there's going to be a problem yeah. unless he's a knuckleballer or something. Right. Like yeah. it's going to be a problem. Sure. So you could yeah. have that mindset and that, you know, that killer. And then there's put it this way. There's, if it was just mindset, why isn't every Navy SEAL or all those, why can't they just go be professional athletes? It's just mindset. Right. Right. And I but made that there's a lot more to it than just mindset. I made that. I said that before the uh, podcast that
1: it, drastic example, but I could be as confident as I want that I could fly an airplane. But when I get on there, I doubt anybody's going to get on the plane with me. You know, it's just going to be me on the plane. It doesn't mean I'm going to fly the plane well. And we laugh at that, but It's a compensation mechanism, in my opinion. You can compensate with movement and you can compensate with mindset. If you wake up in the morning and think that as long as I'm mentally prepared, I'm going to be good today, you'll probably be better than somebody else that doesn't have a good mindset, but the guy with skill is going to beat you just because, I mean, at the end of the day, the round ball, round bat, you still got to get the bat there. You know, if I go on there and I'm as confident in the world and my abilities as I want, it doesn't matter. And I say that as a guy that was a big mindset guy because I was physically pretty talented. I knew that I could show up and on my worst day, still probably go one for four with, you know, whatever that took, but not everybody's like that.
0: And no, that was like my best day.
1: <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're doing that and, and I know we would ruffle feathers on this. Anytime we talk about the mechanics, mental or just mental skills, like it's all one thing guys. Like if you're, if this is offending you, that's probably because you're compensating one way or the other too much and mm-hmm. it's okay. You need to know where you are to be able to make the, the changes. But I agree with what you're saying hundred percent because I had people say that all the time. I, I meditated, I did my visualization. I did all that. How come I suck today? Well, you haven't hit in two weeks. Yeah. You know,
0: you still move like <laughs> crap, bro. I mean, you're still like, again, and like, um, that's where I go with, somebody can be even mentally prepared as much as they want to go and fight Mayweather. He's still going to whoop your ass. Like you can be 100%. Mentally prepared as you want to be. And again, at some point there's just a big enough gap. I, I'm not saying right. we're pretty close in skill or again, even if we're, you know, largely don't get me wrong. Your mind can make you underperform greatly. I mean, right, maximally, like again, for example, and let's I think you're say, probably
1: like, you chief.
0: Yeah, like but let's yes. say let's say Mayweather goes and like he gets really, you know, drunk or you know, he impairs himself in some way. Like and again, mentally and physiologically, like he can't perform. Okay, for sure someone could do right. whatever, right? But again, we're more talking about like in general, I could lapse a little when I'm very skilled at what I do, I can lapse a little bit mentally and still outperform you. Right? Right. For example, again a pro guy and a youth athlete a pro hitter is still going to outperform a a, the kid could have the greatest strongest mindset and he you know went out last night uh was out till three in the morning and then you know again he's like doesn't really want to be there this is game 160 his legs are trashed mentally he's like ready for the off season he's still going to be better than the kid right you know in general like so it's just that's more of You know, us talking through on like that side of things of being like, yeah, is being like, it's not just your mindset; it's a big piece. Right, it is. It is. It It is. is. It's a gigantic. I think it's, and and so for some people, it's a bigger piece than others, for sure. Right.
1: I also think too that, and a lot of. Mainly, what we started this conversation was the youth level. When you get up into pro ball, people listening, there is not a standard skill set, but everybody's pretty good. You know, like it is at that point. It might be the mindset. There's guys that if yeah. they get their mind, they could be in the big leagues. But these younger guys, it is good to instill the mental side in them because that breeds yeah. confidence, it breeds work ethic, it breeds everything else. Correct. But at that level. People that have skill set and are can move well are really good. They kind of stand out because there's not a lot of great people at that age. You're still learning the game. So mm-hmm. it's important to do both at that level more than it probably is when you're older. It is important when you're older too. Yeah. but it's just like it, all we're doing is conditioning ourselves. That's all human life is. And being able to condition yourself at a young age holistically, is huge for development because mm. like joey's saying some days you wake up and i and 12 year old might be able to, might be going to hit but if he's tired whatever is controlling his mind it all affects everything and if you're leaning too far one way or the other they're going to start to compensate that way so
0: mm-hmm. and, and, and a, that's a perfect, why you
1: have those conversations
0: and a perfect example like don't get me wrong like these tournaments are tough right like the one that rudy played in uh some of those teams had to win five games in a row on one day to go to the championship game. Right. I mean that's yeah. It's a lot right. of
1: games in a day. Right.
0: Right. This ain't mm-hmm. you know this ain't some little baby. I mean, this is those are two hour games, you know? Yep. Hour and a half, yep. two hour games. I mean, these are longer games. I mean right. you do that all day long. And then again, you have yep. gaps between and you're trying to like after you've already played the day before, like, I mean it's it's hard. Yeah. I'm not right. saying mentally, like mentally, it's very challenging. I'm not saying that there isn't a challenge there. Um, but also too, again, how do, it's not the load, but it's how you carry the load. Right. And that was the old thing. Right. right and it's, it's, um, you can carry any load with the right equipment. You can carry any load um you know it doesn't matter how big the load is if i break it apart and you know put it on a, again a train can carry a massive amount and heavy really low but again it has to disperse it throughout it's all of its carts right and the same yep. thing too if i put all of that load again I, if i put all that load on one shoulders or how i'm taking it again if i make the games fun and entertaining yep. and the kids are playing that's another way to get them through those long days rather than right. uh, for example we went to cooperstown one of the things that i did is I carried around a stereo with me everywhere we went and I played live up meet music. Why? Because it's a lot of games. It's a lot of games in a very short period of time. You know, it's, it's hot kind of muggy. You know, you got, you know, you got, you got the baby powder between your legs, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Going in. Right. And so um. Yeah. It's like it could be a grind. It could be a grind yep. for sure. But again, it's all about how you carry the load. And so instead of every moment serious and all that, like I mean, we're ain't gonna make it if it's gonna be like this. You know. 100%. So yep. that's that's when we get into this other realm, and that's where I go with um, and that's where I go when I look at a lot of these things. Is just being like, okay. Again, it's how I carry the load. As a coach, you can carry the load, and it's going to be different for different people. Sometimes you got to kick somebody in the ass. Sometimes you got to pat somebody on the ass. Sometimes you got to yep. pat somebody on the ass. And when they don't even deserve to get patted on the ass to get them, <laughs> yeah. you know, build some confidence. You know, again, yep. that goes back to the money ball thing. They're over there. He's doing routine catches at first base. They're like, yeah, there it is. That's a guy. <laughs> That's my first baseman. It's like, sometimes you got to do that as a coach, for sure. Yep. You know, again, yep. and like uh, it just happened yesterday. I was sparring with a kid. I was a lot better than the kid. He was a lot uh, a lot younger than I was, and I kept. I I was a a lot more skilled than he was. I was faster than he was. I was stronger than he was. I had better tech technique than he did, and I also had a better uh, mindset than he is. I'm gonna. I want to beat him up. Okay, so I keep backing him into a corner, and the coach is over there in his ear, you know, giving him, you know, pumping him up when he does certain things, or again, giving him tips and all the stuff that when we're fighting. But again, like he's that's what he's doing. He's not coaching me at really at all in that moment. He's coaching mm-hmm. another guy. Right. And so he's telling him all these things and he's giving all, all this feedback. And that's where, again, for us is as a coach, you know, again, we have to we have to have all those things as well. So like um, that's where it comes into obviously, really knowing your athletes and knowing your players, because there's some guys that if you get on at all, you're yeah. going to shut down. And there's some guys that you need to get on them a little bit and get them going. Right. But it's all about, as a coach, you're trying to get them to perform at their top level. You're not trying to coach them how you want to coach You're coaching them how they need to be coached. And that's a whole nother thing. Right.
1: And I think it's like, I commend youth coaches because what, what age do people usually stop playing baseball? 11, 12, 13, right? Because there's so much failure and yeah. you do have to, you do have to, like you're saying, condition resiliency in these kids, and you still want to get them better, like you know, physically, mechanically, and, and develop them. But like, very tough job for those guys. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you got to make sure they're having fun and enjoying the game because they probably fell more than seventy percent at that age because it's just hard. But yeah. you also want to develop their skill set. You know, it's like it, it really, really is a holistic.
0: And let's not think. think that winning winning is fun.
1: Winning's fun. Winning's damn near everything at that level now. It's like, I mean, that's what it really, what it's all about. A lot of coaches do that. It's like transactional, you know? It's like they're operating the MLB for 12-year-old you yeah, freaking okay. – well, yeah, they're series definitely,
0: they're definitely professionalizing youth sports i'm mean, not here to talk about if that's good or bad no
1: yeah that's not i mean but it does it does play into the mental side of those young athletes because it's an, it's a different level of pressure now yeah you know and and i know that's not what we're talking about but that still plays into the mental side of the game at that age
0: yeah and also too look every team's gonna need a different coach you know right teams again you for example um Professional athletes need very typically need a pretty critical coach. They want someone that's pretty critical, like in the sense of being um, if I if a professional athlete always goes to a guy and all he's doing is patting him on the ass all the time and he like really wants to get better. And like you pat me on the ass all the time, like I used to have coaches that were like that and used to irritate me. I'd be like, bro, stop patting me on the ass. Like, tell me what I need to do you know, like I want to be better. I want to be the starter. Don't tell me I'm really good. And then bench me, you know what I'm saying? Like, tell me what the hell I need to do, you know, and like, let's get to work. You know, I want you to develop me, you know? Um, And, and, uh, you know, I, I, but again, I was a different type of player. Not everybody needs to be coached like me. Right. Right. Not Everybody needs to be coached like you. There's a lot of different Mm -hmm. players and how we need to coach everybody. And so that was a big thing is that, you know, you got to understand that again, if you're, if you're playing certain teams, it's, it's not just about winning. Like, again, a lot of people get a lot of enjoyment. Like I get a lot of enjoyment out of just competing. I don't need to win. Right. You know, but again, at one point in my life, that wasn't like that. Now I really just like competing at a really high level. And like, I like to have someone that pushes me to get better. You know, I don't want to, if I win all the time, it gets boring for sure. So even if right. I'm winning, if I'm kicking everybody's ass fifteen to four, okay, that's fun. But at what? At some point, that like, gets boring. You right. Know? It's fun when those right. games happen and everybody's going yard and everybody's you know hitting doubles. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But also too, I want to play the top competition. I want someone that you know makes me have to think and get better and you know like right. It's like sparring. If I always spar that kid I sparred yesterday and I'm just sitting there tagging him up though, like that's boring to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I need someone to push me.
1: You know. Right.
0: So it
1: isn't isn't the
0: irony in that though
1: like because i was that same way too but as soon as i started to transition to that mindset you're starting you're talking about started to win more started to have more success you know you you start to have more success when you stop focusing on the success start focusing on the competitiveness i mean like sterling Mm -hmm. hell we won 21 games in a row 18 games in i'm like damn maybe we should lose a game Literally. I remember having that conversation. Like maybe we need to play somebody that can freaking, you know, kick us in the ass a little bit.
0: Yeah. To get us ready you to world, you know, world series, you know? Right. Uh, but champion. it wasn't always
1: like that. I remember those couple of years at UVU where it was like, we were fighting our tails off to just win a game and yeah. it was like the win. That's all we were focused on was the win. And it's like, yeah. I looking back at it. It's like, if we focused a little bit more on just competing, well you probably would have been better
0: it goes it goes back to that old saying i mean that old thing too as well like it that's typically turns out to be the dichotomy for a lot of things and that for example your it yes you want your exit velocity to be at a certain level yes there is a certain level that needs to be at you know again that there is like a minimum in the major leagues that you know again of what guys hit on average sure we can look at that but How is that being created? Is it being created because all these guys are trying to swing as hard as they can and they're trying to hit the hardest exit velocity they are? Or is it being created in another way? Because, again, also, too, we look at bat speed, for example. Okay, Major League bat speed on average is 70 miles an hour. Okay, cool. Mine's 55. Okay, did he get to 70 miles an hour by every day trying to swing as hard as he could? Is that how he got there? Right. Again, we all think about that as, again, that's where we started getting twisted is, yes. That is something that can be measured, and that is something that they can do. But is that how they created what they created? And again, I'm not saying that it always needs to be. There's always better ways to train certain things and all that stuff. But I'm saying it just like the wins. You, a lot of coaches would agree that if we take care of the small things, the big things end up happening. Okay, in large part. Okay, right. Um, but also the same thing happens for you know, bat speeds and exit velocities and all those other things that a lot of times when we take care of all these small things and we focus on our technique and we do the day to day and we do all that, all of a sudden we start, all these numbers start, the bigger numbers start showing up. We start getting the higher exit velocities. We start getting the higher average exit velocities or bat speeds or all those other things is by doing all the things that we need to do on a day to day basis and focusing on those things that those other things start to happen.
1: Yeah. I think you nailed it. And I think that's what ties into what we started about in the beginning. We tie it back into the the youth level and the mindset stuff. We always talk about confidence. And so this is a big thing when I was coaching at Sterling, I'd always say, do You have confidence or do you have hope? Because hope's a beggar. Confidence is trust. And the only way to really develop confidence is to prepare. Preparation meets opportunity. You confidence is because you prepared. You know that that's it. And There's a lot of people, it's the opposite. We we misunderstand hope for confidence. And false hope is the devil, in my opinion, because that leads to, hey, I'm prepared. You're not, you're not prepared.
0: Well, and that's where it comes to too. Again, being prepared is not just putting time in. That's a part of it. But like I put a lot of time in. And there's Mm -hmm. people that again, they would show up more prepared than I was, especially too, again, like I, I trained a lot, but I just, again, at that point still wasn't that good. Now right. I got a lot better over time, but just because I trained four hours yesterday, doesn't mean that I'm going to win today. Again, we right. can't guarantee results, right? Like, um, and so, yeah, I got a lot better over time. And then when that, all that was put together, sure. But if you were going to contest day to day, someone could have easily looked at that sample size and be like, oh, you know. This kid trains a lot, but you obviously what he's training isn't working because you know, look how look how good he is, right? I even had a coach tell me right. that. I even had a coach tell me that in JUCO. He said to me, he goes, "I I know that you hit a lot and you work more than everybody on the team and you do all this other stuff, but obviously you're working on the wrong things if you're still where you are. But meanwhile, again, we're looking at too small of a sample size. I w- right. just because I worked on it for three months didn't mean all of a sudden I was going to be a superstar and I was going to be you know the next draft pick. Okay. Like, right. I mean, I, I had to do things for a longer period of time. And also too, like he was right in some sense, like I was working on some of the wrong things. Right. right. But at the same time, uh, that's where it comes into is again, I just don't want it to be misinterpreted that, um, you know, again, being prepared is just, you know, putting time in, putting the work in. Yeah. Right. There, there's other stuff that's, th- again, I need to get better.
1: Especially in baseball, I think that's what makes baseball so unique and a beautiful game that it's such a skilled sport. Like it's such a tough sport to do that you can prepare as much as you want you can do everything right and you can still fail. It's not like some of these other sports where if you are physically prepared and you're athletic, there's a pretty high chance you'll succeed. That's not the case in baseball. So Mm -hmm. don't hear what we're not saying. It is all important training and conditioning resiliency is more important than just having a bulldog mindset because baseball is tough. Very yeah. tough. It's, you know, I mean, you know, probably I one of the be- only sports where you can literally do everything right and still fail.
0: Well, and that's you the know? thing As part of being resilient is again, how you carry the load, right? You can be, you can be one of the most resilient people based on your mindset, you yeah. know, Someone will look at you and be like, "Man, he's just so resilient." And then you talk to the guy, and he's just like, "Again, uh, it goes back to that like uh, that Jocko like good thing." Mm-hmm. Did you did you you listen to that? Um, let me see here. Uh, I don't you, know if I th- are we get in trouble. I don't know. I, I don't. I think I've heard that one. Is that the clip? Yeah, it's a clip. It's free. It's on the internet, right? We should be able to play it. What do you think?
1: I mean, any publicity
0: is good publicity, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Play it for everybody. See how it goes. All right, let's go here. Let me see let me see what he got going here.
2: All one right, there we go. Direct subordinates, one of my guys that worked for me. He would, he would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on, and he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing. And I'd look at him and I'd say, Good. And finally one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem, and he said, I already know what you're going to say. And I said, well, what am I going to say? He said, you're going to say good. He said, that's what you always say. When something is wrong and going bad, you always just look at me and say good. And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, There's gonna be some good that's gonna come from it. Didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted? Good. Didn't get promoted? Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled? Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get funded? Didn't get the job you wanted? Got injured? Sprained my ankle? Got tapped out? Good. Got beat? Good we learned. Unexpected problems, good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out, don't get startled, don't get frustrated. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing... Well, then now, you still got some fight left in you. So get up. Dust off. Reload. Recalibrate. Re-engage. and Go out on the attack. Oh, baby, <laughs>
0: So again, that's why when I when I look at that again, when he like how is you would say that that's resilient, right? Let me stop this thing. It's hiding ears in the background. Um, you know, when we look at that, we will look at that and go, okay, Jocko Williams again. He's a Navy Seal, right? All this stuff, right? Like you're a former Navy Seal he's really resilient. Right. But what makes him resilient is because he's just mentally tough and he can take a lot of stuff or it's how he perceives and how he carries the load. Right. You know, and when we look at that and how he carries the load in his mind, these things aren't problems, they're opportunities, right? He's processing all this. This is what makes him resilient. This is how he processes. And that's one of the things that we actually had one of our guys uh, last week that was shadowing. He said about one of the, one of our players that is Committed to Miami. And he's like, You were really being critical with them. And you know, again, like I was telling him like these movements weren't good, right? That that we needed to keep working on these things, and then that we need to, you know, again, I was critiquing everything he was doing. And the whole time he was like, Okay, okay, yep, okay, yep, Mm -hmm. got it. All right, yep, yep, got it. And he's like, the whole time he was fine. And I'm like, but that's the thing, I know how far I can push him. Because of how right. he processes that stuff, you know, right. again, when you're going with Jocko or again, you're training those guys again, he can, he can do these things at a different because of how, what that's what resiliency is. And again, maybe we could do a podcast just on resiliency and like what that looks like. But I think right. more often than not, we have a skewed version of that. And it means just like, you can take all this pain. Yeah. Right. But it's more of the mindset of, again, to him, it, it isn't it's not that you can take all this pain It's to you that it's not that much pain because of how you're processing it. It's not processing the same in the brain. You know, like when I work out, I get sore too. When I work out, my muscles get fatigued too. But again, some people that it, that gets them fired up, you know, like they like to feel that's when they get going. For example, my boy Skylar, when he starts feeling the fatigue, That's when it turns him on. He that's when he feels alive. That's when he feels like now it's time to push. Right. Right. Where other people, when they start feeling that, right, they're like, okay, it's time for me to slow down, right? Or do those other things. But like, is it he gets off on it? Right. You know, which again, some people would say, okay, well, he's very resilient, but like it's more so about how he's processing the information and the stimulus that's coming to him. And To them, it is not pain. To them, it is again like, yes, they feel pain, they're a human being, but how they, how, what that does in their brain, it isn't uh, triggering some of these uh, run or, you know, fright responses, right? Right.
1: I was gonna say that some of those best people, and something you can do to see where you're at with this, do you deflect or do you accept? Like that's the biggest thing for me. Early on, I would deflect. And people thought I was tough because I could deal with it. But if the bouncy ball is just bouncing off of you, you're not really learning anything that you're not building resiliency. You're learning how to deflect away from you, where you accept it and you start to develop it because at first you're gonna fail. Yeah. You're working on your mental your mental stability and, and resiliency and stuff. It's not like you wake up one morning and now I'm resilient. Yeah, Like it's a learning process. It's like, like going to the gym, you're going to your muscles is going to get sore. The first day you go in 10 years, you're going to be really sore. It's going to suck mentally. Yeah. But after six months of training yourself and being on a good regimen, pretty soon you see you're accepting the feelings and it doesn't affect you like it did six months ago. Now you're, you can bounce back. But yeah. Yeah. a lot of people start that process. And they might be good for a few weeks and then they deflect. You start yeah. deflecting. Or,
0: or or for example, I, I another perfect example of what you're saying with this, for example, like um, I work quite a bit mm-hmm. now with that though, I built that quite up. a
1: bit work all damn day,
0: <laughs> but, but <coughs> it, it, I built that up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it wasn't like, for example, uh, someone was telling me yesterday, we're having the conversation. She was like, Oh, um, you know, I'm used to working like three, four hours a day and now I'm working like nine. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like, again, very fatiguing for her. Right. And I'm like, well, I work like 12 to 16 typically. Um, but with that being said, I, I didn't start there. And also too, I built that up of years of training for 12 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? That I was doing, I was going to school. I was going like, like, again, it was a buildup to all of those things. And so like, it's one thing, again, you could say that that's very resilient, but I, again, it's the opposite way because again, this is where I can have mental fatigue. If I'm sitting around doing nothing, now I start to feel what they feel when they're actually doing more, Right. right? When I sit around and do nothing now, again, mental toughness is not doing, uh, what you like to do mental toughness is doing what you don't like to do. And that can be those. So, but for me, it's flip-flopped. When I'm not working, when I'm not making progress, when I'm not doing these things, that is very mentally taxing to me. Training. Right. And that's what, yeah. So so that's where, again, it gets flip-flopped in all of those things is just being like, realistically anybody can get fatigued when they're doing something that they can't process. Like, you know, somebody else like, again, I don't know. I'm just going to throw this out here. Just Jocko doesn't seem like the guy, but maybe being at like a princess birthday party is maybe not his thing. I don't know. Right. Right. And if he was there again, would he get very mentally fatigued? You know, right. Yep. Would he say good in that moment? I don't know. I don't know. Right. You know, it's I a think, different I, thing.
1: I think that a big thing you're talking about and it really kind of plays into that point with Jocko, the reason we say we're working 14 hours a day, We might not directly be working on the business, but we're working on ourselves all day long. Like everything we do is an opportunity to work on my brain. When Joey goes to Muay Thai, yes, it is a hobby and he enjoys it, but he's still working on himself. When we go to the gym, when we meditate, when we reflect at the end of the day, when we're watching Netflix, you know, like we watch documentaries. We're always working on ourselves. And people get that confused, too. They're like, Joey. How do you work 12 hours a day? You sit in front of the computer 12 hours a day? No, I'm always working on myself. Always. Everything we do, we're being yeah.
0: conditioned. And again, it's phone calls and text messages and all those things. Like, again, in my world, it's not, you know, just texting. Again, Bo and I really don't share a lot of personal text messages. A lot of it is just we're organizing for the next day, creating structure, all, all the other thing. Like a lot of times when we're talking, and again, I'm talking with a lot of people and texting parents and all this, like, I'm that's all day. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm handling those things all day with little moments of, you know, rest or, you know, getting food in. There's a lot of times like, you know, right. we, we joke around about it. There's a lot of times Bo and I are on the phone, you know, I'm going to the bathroom, he's going to the bathroom. We're still on the phone. Right. It's just like, you right. know, we got to get things done. Or again, I'm eating, he's eating, and we're on, right. the, we're, well, we're doing stuff, yeah. you know, like, um, it's like, again,
1: it's two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like the, there uh, Eric Thomas, I think, as he said, the JLo. She's on set for three days and realized she didn't eat. But like, that's the reality. Mm. And that's bread. This all ties back into what we were saying with uh, the opportunity and in, in the mental side with baseball. Yeah. As soon as you start to realize it's an opportunity, everything you do every hour of the day, you're working. Mm. You're always getting better. Yeah. Right. I just don't think a lot of people get to that mind state. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to clock in and clock out. know,
0: and that's the thing. I mean, like right now I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then my other books, like, yeah, I got like nine books that are sitting by my bed that are like my current reads. And so like, again, um, it's more about consistency. But again, the thing is, is it's a, if you haven't read this too, I'll drop another book. It's called uh, the power of habit. Right. And it's that how our habits like reading now to me is a habit. Like if I don't read it, I start to mentally fog. Right. Like if, if I, you know, when things become habits, you can use your habits to your advantage. Right. And so if you want to, you know, obviously create, you know, um, powerful habits for you. And if that's going to the gym, if that's, you know, people that you're talking to all these other things. Right. And, and you get to this other space. And again, now it's almost sounds like we're, we're going the opposite way. It's just, it's not, it's not that, It's mindset over skill or skill over mind. Again, it's all one thing. It's all of it together. We're developing all these things at the same time. And a lot of times when I'm speaking to is people that are going too far the opposite way and everything is mindset and it's not mindset. It's all, it's both of those. I'm not preaching one side or another. I'm preaching the middle, you know? Right.
1: And I think coming from guys that have been on both sides a little bit too far, my best production is when my mental state feeds in to the physical training when it's all working together is when you're the best when you're yeah. focusing too far on one thing you just start to compensate and run a different direction so it's not that we think one's better than the other or whatever it is all one thing and um once again we started this with the youth the youth coaches and baseball players but it is it, we've developed and this way, because at 12, 13, 14, we had these instilled in us. And we just want to make sure that everybody has that opportunity. And yeah. once again, it all starts with the coaches. Yeah. It does at that age, yeah.
0: coaches and, and parents. And the same thing with the training, the training and all that stuff, too. Yeah. Moving and again, developing my skills. Like it's very important. If you go to a trash, muay thai gym or any of these you know gems that are you know the guys aren't very good or again they don't know how to coach very well or any of those things they can sit there and just tell me to be tough you know but again yeah. there's still the guys with better skill and you know all those things are just gonna whip my ass
1: yep you know 100 so
0: yeah um what you got the for the people way, right? here. if i have a lot of skill but i'm like babied if i'm like babied um and any, i'm only doing what i want to do and i want to do it and i've never been through any tough like then when things get tough in a fight, I'm also going to get my ass whooped. So again, it's not one or the other. We just need to develop both. Um, Right. You know, constantly balance all that.
1: It's very hard too, for, um, especially we were talking about this with one of the the job shadowers that we got the um, hitting shadowers that the youth market's tough too, because obviously the coaches are getting paid. The people doing lessons are getting paid. So, there is still a transaction in the sense that like I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep these guys happy. Yeah. Now does that mean that you're going to sacrifice doing the right thing to make a couple bucks? I guess that's more Uh, for you. That's
0: something you need to reflect on for yourself. Integrity episode.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, once again though, I mean, we, we label these episodes, but they really all feed
0: and tie into each other. All in the one thing, baby. Oh one thing. You, know, you could almost consider this like your weekly mentor sesh. That's all. You know what I'm saying? A yep. little check-in with the boys. Check in with the boys. We holding you accountable over here. Okay. And we holding yep. ourselves accountable, you accountable. And sometimes we gotta have some tougher conversations. Sometimes tough conversations. Toes. It's I think on your toes. I, I step on I my think, toes all the time. I told you <laughs> that. I told you that this this uh um when I was on the plane, man, I was reading this book, man. it's stepping all over my toes. I'm like, man, like not
1: the best. When you're reading something and it just slaps you in the face, and you're like, man, I really thought I had it figured out, but not anymore. Yeah. I think that I also think this is a good time to maybe plug a little bit of Farm Plus in here, Joey. What do you think?
0: I mean, Farm Plus, baby. All that's all I got to say. I'm just saying, like, I'm telling you, hey, look, Farm Plus is really starting to take off. We got a lot of people starting to sign up for real, but. Yep. The big thing with Farm Plus is there's so many resources, there's so many questions, there's so many things that everybody is always asking us about on Farm Plus. And, and I mean, on for on my personal like DMs, your DMs, again, people reaching out. We started putting all this stuff. It's so cool to be able to like, hey, did you check out this on Farm Plus? How about this? How about this? How about right. this? How about this? Go check. There's so many on there. We just add 70 farm talks what's a farm That's talk a listen if lot. you're not a member again i i'm not listen i'm talking to you i know listen i'm talking to you i know listen this is you <laughs> you listen to the podcast because we got a lot of people that listen to the podcast but you're not a farm plus member yep listen we gotta talk okay got to me and you right now it's just me and you all right if somebody else is in the car ignore them okay listen it's just me and you all right. If they are in the car, look at your neighbor in the car and say, I'm signing up for Farm Plus. OK, listen, people, Farm Plus is all the things that, again, that you want to get into deeper. OK, it's five bucks a month. All right. If you can't commit five bucks to yourself. OK, first off, stop. If you're younger, stop. Got to stop going over to that girl's house. Okay. You keep that, you keep that gas money in your pocket. All right. You, you invest in farm plus. Okay. You want to develop a kid's (laughs) mindset. You need to sign up for farm plus. Okay. You drink water. You need to sign up for farm plus. Okay. (laughs) You breathe air in. Okay. You worship Jesus. You got to sign up for farm plus. Okay. Listen, farm plus. Has so many things inside of it for you. And there's so much coming. I'm just, I think that's the thing too. Bo. it not only does it have a stupid amount of value now, but there's so many things you can't even tell them about that. Okay, first of all, I'm just going to give you, I'm just going to give you guys one more thing. A little birdie tells me that you should sign up for Farm Plus sooner rather than later. For yep. certain reasons that you guys will find out at a different time. But I'm just going to throw that out there. Yes. That, again, people already know this rewarded with loyalty, too. There's people, you know, those people that have Farm Plus from the very beginning, right, Bo? Some people grandfathered yep. in right now, month to month, yep. with, with a $3 membership. Yep. I'm telling you, we reward the people that have been with us and loyal to us. I'm telling you, they're getting steals around here. Steals, but, highway robbery. Yes. But, Sign up for farm plus. All right. I don't know what else I need to say. I'm going to put the link. I'm going to put the link. I'm going to do it. The link is in the show notes. No excuses from you. Okay. If you ain't invested in you, that's on you. All right. It's on you. That's on you. Listen, I mean, five bucks a month. Goodness gracious. Think of the things you spend $5 on, on a daily basis, some random stuff. I mean, for my whoop, my whoop, it just gives me data. My, I, sp- I paid $30 a month just to get the data. This don't give me nothing. Ooh. Give me 30 bucks a month Ooh. for that thing. Tell me how that works. Listen, they're getting the hustle in. I just, I mean, again, and I still find value in it. But again, people, look, if you don't find, I'm going to say this statement. I'm going to look at the camera directly in the eyes. We're going to put this in a marketing video. If you don't find $5 with the value in Farm Plus, it has nothing to do with Farm Plus. It has to do with how you, how much you value yourself. Period. So 100%. if you don't value yourself for five dollars a month, you got to a right. go back to the lab again, champ. It has nothing to do with farm. Farm Plus has far and above over five dollars in value. I mean, it's not even, it's not even close. Right. Like it, it, I mean, again, we could probably charge fifty dollars a month, and you'd be like, it's okay, a, hey, you're, I'm getting my value. I'm, it's five dollars a month. If you don't have, if you don't value yourself for five dollars a month that's on you champ that had nothing to do with farm plus at this point it's a percent it's, it's not even a question
1: look joe and i joke around we tweeted each other we quote tweet it and say who's running that thing those are real conversations we have when we're putting farm plus together literally i'm sitting here saying joey how in the hell are we doing this for five bucks a month and My like story. joey's saying here shortly you know i might be good for you to sign up now another thing i was going to say there too is look if you don't like me, you don't like Joey. I get it. Some days I don't like Joey either. Life happens. But Same. There's so much content on there. It doesn't really matter who you like or dislike. Agreed. Fellas, it, it it's all about if you want to develop yourself and here pretty soon, I mean, I think people are going to be looking at you and saying, "Coach, you don't have Farm Plus?" Like,
0: Yo. what are you doing?" Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? What are you doing? I mean, I mean, do you not care about yourself? I mean, do you take showers? I mean, that's that's what it's gonna be like. Do you take a shower on a daily basis? Because it's on a different level now. Okay. Like, 100%. So we we get fellas,
1: that. fellas, these we got a lot ladies. of softball coaches ladies. coming in. They're gonna start saying these ladies are gonna say you don't have farm plus you brush yeah. your teeth.
0: Yo, I mean, come on. You don't got farm plus? We can't be dating. You ain't got farm <laughs> what plus. Doing? What are you doing? Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right. That's enough. All right. I mean, I ain't trying to pick on you. I'm just, I'm just, listen, I'm just trying to, just like you do for your players, I'm just trying to lead you to some water. All right. I just, I can't make you drink, but I'm going to lead you to some water. All right. And the reviews, I mean, Monty Lee is on there, head coach of Clemson, since the day it started and you still ain't signed up. That's why he Monty Lee. You know, when they talk about Tim Corbin sitting in the front row at ABCAs, stuff like that. This is your ABCA. This is you sitting in the front row. And if you don't again, if you can't hustle, listen, I can rub two nickels together and somehow come up with five bucks a month. I mean, goodness gracious. Okay. So y'all got this. All right. I don't want to hear no excuses. This is on this is on you. This is on you. Yep. After you already turned it off because I stepped on your toes too much. Okay. So yep. listen, we're going, we're going to move forward, but I'm just going to leave, I'm going to leave it there, Bo. I'm going to leave it there. 100 percent Leave all it right. there. Mic drop. Mic drop. All right. Well, from us and our partners over at YakurTech, until next time, farm system out.